0: Hendrickson all right We've got a lot to get to today we'll talk about uh, Jeff Bezos almost dying in just a second we'll also talk about the situation with the Texas Democrats trying to kill everybody in Washington DC and uh, we're even going to get into Elkhart Mayor Robertson's very interesting statement about crime and Elkhart we'll get to that here in a little bit tons of other stuff happening in the show today Live streaming on Rumble.com at rumble.com slash Casey, the host. And I also want to thank R&B car company locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B car company are your used car experts. So Jeff Bezos uh, did the uh, whole space flight thing today. Was it 11 minutes? Ballparks only three minutes in space. I think it is. I- I'm not reading the stats on this. Please don't fact check me on this stuff. This is just me coming in and going through the motions for you. Okay. Uh, basically we have a billionaire peeing contest with one another and that's all that's, it's leading to tremendous innovation for, for mankind. Don't get me wrong, but come on, the three most famous billionaires in the, uh, the country all have space programs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Billionaires do this. Rich people do this. They one up each other. That's their competition They're You know, I, I bought this new car. It's an ultra rare. It's, it costs this much money. So somebody else has to go out and get one that costs $5 more. It's just, it's just kind of how they do things. So uh, Elon Musk decides that he is going to be the pioneer of space. And then uh, you get the uh, the guy from Virgin. He decided that he was going to have a space thing too. And then Bezos is like, I have money. I can do that also. And so he, he did. He didn't even deliver a package when he was up there. Can you believe that crap? I mean, I know he's not the CEO of Amazon anymore, but seriously, I mean, you're – is that not a golden opportunity for marketing? They could have filmed it. It could have been a whole Amazon Prime commercial. We even deliver now in space. And it could have had like one of them ugly Amazon Prime trucks floating around in space, you know, docking with the space station. See, this is why I should be in marketing. Like, why, why do I do this show? Nobody listens to me. I'm right about everything, but nobody listens to me. Do you You realize, okay, I rarely get to listen to talk radio on the radio. All right. I know I've told you I've listened to Bongino's podcast and stuff like that, but I was actually driving around listening to Bongino today. You know how much crap he said today that I told you like over a year ago? I'm not, I'm not trashing him. I'm just saying like stuff that's like brand new to a lot of people. We have already covered Pegasus. That years ago, I told you about Pegasus. That's a big deal. It's going to be a big deal going forward, too, by the way. Again, I'm not, you know. He went over the, uh, the very accurate data on COVID and kids and the mortality on kids and stuff like that today. He went over several of the studies that, that we had already done. And it was great work. It was a great show. It was a fantastic show. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, I covered that a long time ago. And I'm sure that he's brought some of that up before too. And don't get me wrong. and you, you recycle content when it's appropriate. But we've been so on it for, for a long time now. And and you still don't listen to me, so I might as well just deliver packages in space. That's where I'm at. I did apply. Most of you know that if you've been listening to the show for any length of time. Uh, remember when Biden and Kerry wanted to turn the moon into a national park, uh, even though the moon like can't be like a national park. Remember that? And I applied. I applied to be the uh, the guard at the guard tower with the little arm that comes down on the moon. I want to be that guy. I want to live in the guard tower. Right. Well, usually there's, like, a little, like, house behind the guard tower. I'll be that park ranger on the moon. Just let me sit there. All I ask is that I have the ability to watch TV somehow, okay, Uh, play video games, all right, and uh, just, like, mail me some beer occasionally. I'll be fine. Seriously. I'll be okay. We'll work it out. We'll figure out how this is going to work. They still haven't, uh, haven't responded. I don't know how many people applied to be the guard on the moon for the national park. I don't know how many people did that, but I apparently don't meet the qualifications. So Jeff Bezos is not dead. Um, this flight marked the youngest and the oldest person in space. The teenager, you know that the teenager only ended up on the uh, the space flight because the other person who had the ticket had a, and I'm, I'm make, not making this up, this is genuinely serious, a scheduling conflict? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who has a scheduling conflict to not go to space? And and why is he still listening to her opinion? Because we already know what happened. That That was somebody's female in their ear going, you're not going to space. No. No, what if you die? You're not going to space. And he backed out like a punk because she harassed him about it. That's what happened. Because there isn't a single business deal not a poker game, nothing that would have kept anybody who genuinely wanted to go to space from going to space for the very first po- first time. That was somebody being harassed by a low-quality woman. That's what that was. I don't know who they are, but it's a good thing for the 18-year-old uh, the kid. So there he is, a physics student um, who apparently was like super stoked throughout the entire flight from all of the stuff that we have heard, although I haven't heard any actual cockpit audio yet. But apparently he was pretty, tr- he was tripping out the whole time. Uh, So anyway, they landed the Blue Origin thing. Everybody's fine. Thank God. It's all good. Um, And then what was the other thing that I saw on here? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Because, again, this is a billionaire peeing contest. Uh, They decided that they were going to go a little bit further in space than Richard Branson, the British guy uh, with Virgin Galactic. Uh, The Virgin flight went 282,000 feet into space. Well, not totally into space. You know what I mean? 282,000 feet. Uh, and then the Blue Origin one with Bezos went uh, three hundred thirty thousand. So there's your peeing contest, ladies. <laughs> it's good for us, okay? But we're all a little urine soaked on the way up. So the flight was successful, thank God. Uh, Branson's flight was successful, thank God. None of it matters because Elon Musk owns the the space uh, with the with all of his satellites. So it's not much you can do about that. All right. Um, so what does the take cost like 200 grand or something like that? I can't wait for him to be like forty nine ninety nine on sale. You're going to get a group on for space flights. It's going to be amazing. Totally going to do it. Totally. gonna do it. I was listening to kill me today. Rare day. I was in the car all day and I actually got to listen to the radio station. I chose not to listen to music today, which is unusual for me. Um, but I was listening to the radio station today. Kill me was talking about it too. And I, he had a guest on, uh, I missed her name, but, um, he was saying that he would totally do it too. I mean, wouldn't you go into space, Josh? No, not worth the cancer. You're only going to be there for a few minutes. You think you're going to get cancer from that? Me, astronauts have died from cancer. I'm talking about all the famous ones. Did they really go? Oh God, you're pulling the, you're pulling the crab people script on me. <clears throat> Did they really go to space, Casey? <laughs> R- Richard Branson's the first human in space. Okay, all right. Uh, we also got to talk about some other space cadets, Texas Democrats. So Texas Democrats who walked out again on their responsibilities to vote on legislation, dealing with election integrity. Uh, they decided to, to board two charter flights, go to Washington D.C., and everything else. You know how much? Somebody asked me yesterday, uh, how much? Who's paying for this, and how much is this costing? Well, the taxpayers are paying for it, and it's forty-three thousand dollars a day. We we dug it up. You're welcome. You're welcome, America. See. Somebody asked yesterday on the live stream, who's paying for it? Which, of course, is taxpayers. That was my automatic response. And then the next question, the follow-up to that was, how much is it costing? It cost $43,000 a day for the Texas Democrats to abdicate their responsibility and fly to Washington, D.C. and beg for Biden to violate Texas state law. $43,000 a day that taxpayers pay for. Not the moi. Put him in cuffs. So Josh is firmly on the the governor of Texas arresting them now. Even though um, people, by the way, they did follow up with me yesterday because, because again, I'm too lazy to look into this. I'm, I'm more paying attention to the Texas story because I think it's funny. All right? So, so beyond, I don't care about the legal aspects of it. I think it's funny watching this fight. So some people are pointing out it's not really arresting, but you can confine them to the chambers uh, in order to force a quorum. So that makes sense. All right? So it's not an actual arresting. Uh, which I had some some questions about. So the Texas Democrats, $43,000 a day. Three of them caught COVID on their chartered flights where they didn't wear masks, right? You didn't hear this yesterday? I said this yesterday. Were you not paying attention? You were busy. Okay. We hire him to come in and do my show, but do other things instead. So... Yeah, the, the Democrats, they they went on the two charter flights, right? They chartered two airplanes. Remember, it, and I just got my travel notifications and everything for D.C. Friendly reminder, masks are required everywhere in the airport and on the flight. Okay? <laughs> it's, it's a whole nice little notation there from the feds. You got to wear your mask when you go to the airport and get on a plane. Uh, they chartered two two planes. They took selfies on the planes. None of them were wearing masks. Now, again, the mask would not have prevented this, okay? I want to make that crystal clear. I don't in any way think that they would have been protected had they worn the stupid mask. But if if you got Biden out there every single day and Jen Psaki out there every single day and Fauci out there every single day and everybody else out there every single day saying, if you don't wear a mask, you're trying to kill everybody. And you're in that party, maybe wear a mask when you get on a plane. So they all got on a plane. They didn't wear a mask. Three of them catch COVID. Guess what they did? They infected a bunch of people in Washington, D.C. with COVID. So now Nancy Pelosi's aide, who is fully vaccinated, has COVID after meeting with them. A White House aide who's fully vaccinated now has COVID after meeting with them. I'm assuming, I haven't found this anywhere, but I am assuming that all of the Texas the Texas Democrats are fully vaccinated. Or are they? That's the question. I'm or so the Germans would have us believe. That's the old throwback line. But you know, I, I assume that, because again, I'm not on Twitter <laughs> On Twitter uh, <laughs> band once quit the other time to be, to be fair. So, so I'm assuming that they were defending, not having the face mask on in the planes because they were all fully vaccinated and the crew was fully vaccinated. That's what I'm assuming the defense was from at least some people on this. Well, they're all vaccinated anyway. How do I, how do I know that that's probably a defense? That's the defense we always get when a Democrat violates the mask ordinances. Every single time we run into a Democrat who violates it this happened with Gretchen Whitmer when she violated that when she went to the uh, you know that pizza shop and she had a bunch of people sitting at her table in in violation of her own edict for the state of Michigan. you remember what the defense of her was Democrats kept coming out and liberals who supported her you know those acolytes well they're all fully fully uh, vaccinated anyway. okay so what about fully vaccinated people in Michigan being able to do the same thing They're not allowed to do the same thing that's the point so, I'm assuming that that was the defense. They go to Washington, D.C., they catch COVID, they spread COVID all around, they get COVID into the White House and into the House of Representatives, okay? Now, they were fully vaccinated people, so they have mild symptoms. They're probably gonna be just fine, certainly hope that they're gonna be just fine. But not only are they costing $43,000 a day to the taxpayer, not only are they abdicating their responsibilities as elected officials to vote on legislation that is pending in their house, not only that, but... They violated the, the COVID ordinances, got infected, and then spread COVID into the executive branch and the legislative branch of government. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. They asked, um, I think it was Ducey again, asked Gensaki about this because Gensaki would not admonish the Democrats for violating all of these COVID ordinances the other day. And he has Jen Psaki about it today. Said, I'm not in a position to lecture anybody on what they could or could not have done to prevent getting COVID. They couldn't have done anything. That's the point. They could not have done anything. If it would have had masks on in those planes, wouldn't have mattered. Uh, they are probably fully vaccinated. Wouldn't have mattered. The white house aides fully vaccinated. The, the uh, aide to Nancy Pelosi was fully vaccinated. Didn't matter. Um, I'm going to get to this a little bit later, but I'm just going to tease this right now um, in at, in the UK, most of the COVID patients are fully vaccinated. The current COVID patients have been fully vaccinated, 60%. So in the United Kingdom, the most most of the current COVID cases that are there are among people who had already been fully vaccinated. Just throwing that out there. Now, they use the AstraZeneca vaccine, uh, which is less effective than Pfizer. But if you look at Israel, over 40% of new infections in Israel are fully vaccinated people. Just throwing it out there, ladies and gentlemen. Just, just tossing it out there. Not trying to scare anybody. I'm just pointing it out. Uh, we're going to talk about Mayor Robertson and Elkhart. Uh, very interesting video message. We'll play it for you. And I I have some thoughts. <laughs> we'll talk about this coming up on 95.3 MNC. Today, it's my uh, normal day to go get my, my appointments. And uh, snap crackly popped on my neck, like, big time. Didn't get a lot on the back this time, but... What we do is we've started incorporating some new exercises. See, my spine curves one direction, so they naturally have to train it to bend the other way. That's the fun part. It's not always the most comfortable in the world, but what it has done is dramatically reduced my neck pain. Uh, It's improved my posture, and my wife has been dealing with the same thing. Her shoulders are back more. She stands up straighter. She feels better, and her headaches are pretty much gone, and they certainly don't happen every day like they used to. And look, this is this is the beauty of of going to a place like Warren Chiropractic. You know they have unique options for treatment that you just don't get at other chiropractic offices where you just walk in, they crack you, and you leave. That's not what they do there. It's it's everything. It's all encompassing. They have modern technology. They have all sorts of of therapeutic treatments that most places just don't have, which is why their success rate is so high. Go to WarrenChiro.com. Click on the new patient tab. Get special promotional offers. Head over to Warren Chiropractic, and as always, let them know that I sent you. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to ninety 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. We're just debating on the Rumble live stream on. Uh, what the the odds are that I could get through security at the airport in September when I fly to D.C. wearing my masks or stupid mask. And uh, most most people seem to think that I can get through. That they'll let me through. Others have suggested I take a backup mask with me. Yes, yeah, probably not going to happen. Uh, Josh and I are in agreement on this. We make them give me a mask. That's that's where we're at. Okay. I think that, of course, it's going to be fine, I, I would assume. But you never know. You never know. I do have to fly to O'Hare. <laughs> I leave here and I go to O'Hare, and then I go to D.C., so that'll be fun. All right, so this is, uh, we, got, we got the mayor of Elkar, Rod Robertson, and he posted this anti-gun violence message, and, you know, it's it's interesting, okay? I want to want you to, I'm going to play most of this, if not all of it. It's, it's short, it's under three minutes. And the reason that I've been playing these longer clips is because I want full context, right? I don't want somebody to accuse me of slicing it up or taking something out of context or something of that nature. I am I'm simply playing this stuff so you can hear them in their own words kind of describe some things. This is we're almost out of time. Here's the Elkhart Mayor, Mayor Robertson.
1: I'm Mayor Rod Robertson. We're mourning the loss of many who have passed uh, due to a scourge of gun violence that uh, is in our city. We need to make sure that we're there for our friends and loved ones uh, who have been impacted by this, gun, by this violence. We want to ensure to let you know that uh, we as a city are mourning with you. We're grieving the fact that we will no longer uh, be able to not just uh, have those people in our presence, uh, but we lose skills and talents. Uh, that uh, have left us way too early. And our communities uh, are reeling uh, because of the fact that they feel unsafe. And so what we wanna do is make sure that um, we find the appropriate ways uh, to support one another through these hard times. When we see something, we say something. When we uh, have the opportunity or we have knowledge, of something uh, that you know that could protect uh, your community, your friends, your family, and everyone else that's around, uh, that you speak into uh, the, you you say something to the right people uh, so that we can help. We need to bring these perpetrators.
0: Okay, he goes on to say, report it to the, the authorities that you feel comfortable reporting it to. <clears throat> what is, uh... What is that supposed to mean? Look, friendly reminder, and look, I, I gave the mayor this advice before. He didn't take me up on it. If you don't want people to distrust the police, stop as the mayor of the city, claiming the police are untrustworthy. Now, what is he doing? He's on camera, begging and pleading for the citizens of Elkhart to contact the police so they can prevent these crimes when he was the one who demonized the cops. What did you expect to happen? This isn't that hard. Very easy logic for anybody with an above third grade education level to understand. So here he is begging and pleading because he's now having to eat crow that he told people not to trust the cops and he painted the cops as racist and bad and now people don't want to go to the cops and now here he is. Please, please, please contact the cops. You made your bed. What did you expect to happen? More coming up, 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon, thank you for tuning in, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Yes, I will. Okay, I will. I will address the Black Rifle Coffee thing today. Most of you know my history with Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, we will we will address it. I I did it yesterday during my Tacoa read without mentioning them by name. Today we will mention them by name. I will tell you what the controversy is about if you haven't seen it and why so many people on the political right are upset with the coffee brand that was considered their coffee brand, and, and why that is happening now. We'll talk, talk about that in uh, the 4 o'clock hour. In the meantime, I would like to talk about the FBI and Gretchen Whitmer. This is yet another chapter of the whole Gretchen Whitmer kidnap plot, and for those of you who do not remember the Gretchen Whitmer kidnap plot is where there's a bunch of people who also really hated Donald Trump. And that is critical to the story because Gretchen Whitmer made them out to be Trump supporters trying to kidnap and kill her. There was a kidnap plot against Gretchen Whitmer during the pandemic. And it was, you know, this, this group of radicals who hated Trump, hated Whitmer, hated, hated, you know, they basically wanted anarchy. They were anarchists is is essentially what it is. The problem with this case is that we ended up finding out that most of the people involved worked with or for the FBI. That's the thing. So the, the, the major plot, there's a couple of, like, core people who were not working with the feds or a part of the feds. The rest of, of the, the plotters, if you will, were actually assets of the government. So this has led a lot of people... And Tucker Carlson has addressed on his show as well. But this has led a lot of people to to throw the false flag narrative out there. And it's not an inaccurate thing to claim. Now, false flag, I think it's thrown around a lot and probably too much. But this is one of those examples where I think it could be appropriate for you to apply it there. If you have a plot that would never possibly get underway without the FBI... And the FBI is the ones that pushed it. The FBI is the one that organized it. The FBI is the one that planned it. The FBI is the one that supplied it. And you just had a couple of patsies going along with it. I, I think that that's appropriate to probably look at it and say, yeah, this, this seems like a false flag. Now, they do this with all sorts of operations. Like, for instance, terrorists. You'll find a terrorist who's an ISIS sympathizer who reaches out to people trying to find supplies. Then the agents will go undercover and, and go from that route. This was done differently than that. And that's the thing. When you're looking at most of the plotters being FBI informants or agents themselves, you you start to have a very different makeup of of how this investigation went on. Now, there's some additional things that are happening here that are really strange. Um, The FBI agent, one of them, who was involved in the kidnapping plot, is now being investigated and arrested for domestic a domestic incident. They've also been charged with assault. So now you've got FBI agents who were a part of this plot to kidnap and put on air quote put on trial Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan. And now this guy's apparently got a real problem with violence himself, uh, at least according to the articles that are out there. Uh, FBI Special Agent Richard Trask was charged Monday with assault with intent to do great bodily harm less than murder following a domestic incident with his wife on Sunday. The 39-year-old FBI agent was released on a $10,000 personal recognizance bond following an arraignment in the 8th District Court in Kalamazoo. Okay, this is in Kalamazoo. Now, I want to point out a couple of other things here. One, just because an FBI agent... In a case, maybe a domestic abuser doesn't mean that the work they did on a case is invalidated. Okay, I want to make that crystal clear. Two, um, I'm sorry, he got out of he got out of jail on his own recognizance. Did you hear the charge that they're charging him with in the state of Michigan? Let me read this again. Okay, This is a special agent with the FBI, Richard Trask. Assault with intent to do great bodily harm less than murder. Now, that was after he allegedly beat up his wife. I don't know if he's guilty of this. I don't know the circumstances of it. But the last time I checked, we had a a bit of an issue with the court system letting domestic abusers go. And then the domestic abusers going and killing their spouse or whoever they're abusing. This seems to be a running theme in the United States and has been for a great number of decades, by the way. Um, South Bend cannot keep they cannot keep domestic abusers behind bars because Cotter lets them all go. So we've got a real issue here. He's released on his own recognizance on a $10,000 personal personal bond. What? That seems like a pretty stiff charge there great bodily harm but less than murder that sounds like he beat the tar out of her but not quite enough to kill her he has worked for the fbi since 2011 served as a law enforcement agency's public face in the whitmer case testifying in federal court about the investigation and providing context about multiple undercover recordings his arrest comes at a critical juncture in the criminal case against the five men charged in federal court with plotting to kidnap whitmer uh, it's the last thing that you want for a major case like this, according to the FBI special agent Andrew Arena, who was in charge of the agency's Detroit office. Anytime you give the defense any ammunition, it's not good. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, this—that's just it, to, to me. That is bizarre. That is absolutely bizarre that they—they they seem to really not be taking her her safety very seriously at all. That's I mean, that should be a problem for anybody who's taking a look at this. You know, the fact that they, they appear completely disinterested in protecting her from this. And again, I just I have to point out this is important that everybody understand it does not in any way, shape or form mean that the work that he did in the case is invalidated in, in any way. I have some issues with the way that the investigation unfolded. My bigger issue with it is how Gretchen Whitmer spun it. Gretchen Whitmer spun it as I was targeted by Trump supporters, and that of course did not happen. All right, we got more coming up. News Talk 953, Michiana's news channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson, broadcasting live on rumble.com/slash Casey the host. Rumble.com slash Casey the Host. All right, so the uh, the first the first guy in the Capitol riot has been sentenced eight months in prison. He's a guy from Florida. Now, I ran into an article here from American Thinker. Oh, by the way, they're also prosecuting a real terrorist that uh, the lawyers that were in the uh, the BLM riots who firebombed that police car in New York during the George Floyd riots. Uh, they're also heading to trial too. So those are the real terrorists. Uh, anyway. There's an article here in American Thinker. As they start sentencing January 6th detainees, finally, uh, the Democrats have a problem. Since January 6th, the Democrats have played up the kerfuffle in the Capitol on January is the worst thing ever in American history while ignoring the innumerable times that leftists have aggressively invaded the Capitol. And this is what I pointed out, too. Um, Invading a Capitol building in in a similar fashion to what we saw on, on January 6th is not unique. Uh, the way that it unfolded outside was but actually breaching the Capitol and physically removing officers in order to break into the building has happened many times in American history this is different and the wrongdoers must be punished the problem with this narrative though was revealed on Monday when the first person charged with a felony for January 6 got sentenced uh, was the sentence life imprisonment beheading no it was eight months in prison talk about a narrative fail uh, within minutes of the January of January 6th, the Democrats, who had turned a blind eye to the incredible violence of 2020, much of it played out on federal property, had their narrative in place when elderly unarmed people clamored to enter the Capitol and Capitol Police opened the doors to let them in. Um, that was an insurrection. Now, again, I would like to point out in some areas that did, in fact, happen, they were let in. In other areas, they did, in fact, break in and there was violence. It is, It's important that when you're talking about this, you you, catch, you capture all sides. There were several different places at the Capitol in which people from outside went into the Capitol, and in some places it was violent. In some places, they the doors were opened for them and they were allowed in. It just depended on the area that they were actually at. So, but you know, the article he's got a great point. You know, you, for seven months you've had them detained in isolation for 23 hours a day. And you finally sentence one of them and it's eight months, relatively minor sentence, when you have been playing it up as if it were some kind of an insurrection or you know a rebellion or something of that nature, which clearly it was not. And all of a sudden the narrative starts to fall apart and starts to fail, especially when you're dealing with Antifa, who has committed millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in damage on federal property alone, whereas this one was relatively low cost. More coming up.